Hello? Who is this? Hello, everybody. Welcome to Stay on the Line podcast, a horror movie review podcast, where every week I bring in a guest to talk about a movie that we picked out. And this week, we decided to talk about the movie Nightmare on Elm Street 2. And no, I did not review the first one. And yeah, I, we just randomly picked one. And my guest this week is Katya. Hello, Katya from the horse's mouth. Hi. How are you? Even though I just asked you that, we're gonna like officially. No, yeah, I think no. This is a, on the off off the record. I'm terrible. On the record, I'm great. No, I'm kidding. Um, uh, I'm actually feeling very balanced these days. Very centered. I was one of those people that was very had lots of silver linings through the pandemic. I know that wasn't everyone's experience, but I was glad for a litany of changes that needed to happen in my personal life and. So now I feel like things are slowly starting to open back up and I'm excited to, to do that. I'm in no rush. I've been telling I'm not exactly one of those people that's going to like run to do parties and stuff again because mm-hmm. that was my main bread and butter before. But now we're learning, we're pivoting. I'm sure, you know, we, both, I, we sort of met through one of your 2020 pivots, which was that you were making jock straps. Oh yeah, I really uh, did that, which I've literally been procrastinating on starting that next line. I have all the fabric literally. No, right I think it's here. I think we all... We all learned different skills. We all had to do things that we didn't even know we were capable of doing. And that's exciting. I love the blue ones. Blue is my thing. And, they can see. But I'm know. holding up blue fabric that hopefully we'll see daylight. I want to make thongs too, because I feel like thongs are the moment. At first, I didn't like them, but I'm a whore. So sometimes I like a little string. And my butt cheek. Yeah, yeah. No, you gotta sometimes let the boys know. And the girls, you know, whoever, you know, you're feeling. The thems, the thems, the this is the ZZs. The the hee-hees and the Michael Jacksons. The she better already had her hers. <laughs> I like literally have learned on my show that you can pretty much, I for some reason do not get censored. I don't know why. A lot of my guests have had dealt with problems with Instagram and Facebook suck, but. Yeah, actually, yeah. It? I was gonna, okay, yeah, let me ask you about that. So you have a show from the horse's mouth. Right, yeah. So like, how has that process been for you? I'm just going to interview you now. Fuck Nightmare on oh, the Street. Sure. So we're going to get to that. We'll get to that. But <laughs> Well, it's been lovely. It's been a, ever since even before I started working in nightlife, I had had this vision of just doing queer journalism. I'm just like, I'm interested in anyone who's not like a cis, white, straight male. Like it's like femme, BIPOC, queer, any of those people. I want to hear what you're up to. And from all over, like I've interviewed lawyers and obviously drag queens and other artists and just the whole spectrum of different types of people. Because now queer people, we're growing up, we're surviving and we're doing all these cool things. And mm-hmm. we have, you know, and also I don't like Instagram, like I said earlier, but it's a great way to connect with people. And like, it's cool to have like people from my past lives in Minneapolis and New York and even my hometown of 3000 in Minnesota, like be like, oh my God, I watched your show and just get to learn something new about random people. And like, mm-hmm. I'm really, I've had, I've, I'll reach out to anyone. anyone. I'm like, anyone who's like sort of like up to something interesting. I'm like, I'm curious. Are, are you also on stereo too? I think you said that briefly, but I wasn't, so I, I follow we, you on Instagram. So I just see him from there. So honestly, the, the nice thing about the pandemic is I'm doing everything at my own pace. I think a lot of times beforehand, I was stressing myself out. I was doing like 20, 30 events a month, really for like, I was just really working hard and I was like, and, and like now I think I'm just like, hmm, that sounds like a capitalist mindset that's like in my head. But like really, I, I've really been focusing on just going things. So I've 
we started with From the Horse's Mouth, which actually we've done 51 live virtual interviews as of today. And I've already done 23 pre-recorded ones that will be released over the summer as like a thing. Cause I'm probably gonna slow down on the live ones in the summer so I can like yeah. shake my booty. Mm-hmm. And then I also have a panel coming out. That's like a podcast, Queer Portland Panel Podcast. It's like a tongue twister. It's like people like Jane's Majesty and Lisa Limbaugh. And was and Coco on that or? Co- Coco she... Jim Holiday, yeah. apparently Dee Delirium, Kimberly Michelle Westwood. Venus, let's take a whole, you know, we have a couple cis white gays just for shits and giggles, but we also did like, we're all really good friends and we, I'm just excited to talk about topics together. And that will be a combination of stereo. We're using Anchor to distribute on all the regular things. And then we'll also have like a subscription on Patreon. Period. Anchor is the sponsor of this podcast too. So you'll hear that sponsor segment later it makes it so easy it really makes it easy. it really does I, I honestly haven't even really gotten into the productions i think because i just got my government money to like get a studio so we can like we've all had lots of lovely looks into my room but i think i'm personally ready to not always like, be on set <laughs> in my room so I'm, I'm excited to get get more of fish so well and i think also there's something to be said that like art and i would include podcasts i also even got recruited to be a podcast curator at spotify and it was just like to me i just really like it's because Becoming a respected art form and I think like yes everybody their mom has one but also it's something that like I don't know has a lot of value so I think you know if you put work into something you should be getting paid for it you know of course like depending on the quality but I think yeah that's exciting yeah. it's real and also you're you are right literally ever, since the pandemic everybody and their mom has been doing a podcast but what I've noticed is like they'll start a podcast and after like five or ten episodes they're done well and you know what just like just like gender just like many things try it out or you know if you hate it if you're not good at it because also like I learned like I did all those pre-recorded ones because I was like I love editing because I do like editing but I don't really like editing I don't like like the tedious nature of it is mm-hmm. the end product is amazing and like it's like coming emotionally but yeah I'm so that's taking to be a lot more time to do those video edits and stuff like that because I'm like oh I have to like sit down and be focused and can't have yeah. things in the background and all that sort of stuff so it's very time consuming. I feel my myself, now we're just getting into the, the basics of making audio <laughs> content, but also, yeah. I feel myself, it's easier to edit audio versus it is editing video, even though it's the same, literally the Equipment, same product. Yeah. But I think I'm just less noticeable of things going on in the background. Like I don't have to worry about anything. Like I can just hear something and then that's it. Oh, I was just gonna say, thank you guys for coming to our TED talk about starting a podcast. <laughs> Absolutely. Find something that brings you joy each day and is effortless. And speaking of joy, we review Nightmare on Elm Street 2, the the gay one. It's known as the gay one and the forgotten one because no one likes to really talk about it except for gay people. Did you know that? Well, I did and I didn't. So I would say like up until you asked me to do this, I had little to no knowledge about horror films. I'm very, very interested in like like the 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 psycho like my friend I don't know if you know Carla Rossi but they're like an iconic queer whoredom person and they just like they just know about all the symbology of it all and just like how it's just really part of queer culture and that part really interests me I'm like oh that's interesting like how we just view things as discussed but really I I don't like being scared so I don't really watch horror movies I'm here for the cultural content but once you asked me I was like okay I should like do my homework a little bit and the person <laughs> I'm seeing loves horror movies so I watched like six or seven. 
and we did watch the Nightmare on Elm Street one, and I was like, oh yeah, I get why this is the gay one. <laughs> yeah, I mean, there's literally a gay character, and they and they say in the movie, oh, he hangs out at S and M joints because he's a queer or something. I was like, not a queer. We're using that as a slur again. I mean, different time. It was 1975. That's so wild to think about. Yeah, I wasn't even a thought at that point. Not even a glimmer of cum in your mother's eye. <laughs> I don't even think my parents had met at that way, did they? I don't know. I don't know shit about them. I really do not. So, yeah, I don't know how to do a podcast. I totally forgot to pull up the cast of this movie. So I'm going to pull it up real quick. Yeah, let's give them the facts. Let's give them the figures. Because also, I was so convinced that the main girl was Meryl Streep. I was like, you can't tell me that isn't Meryl Streep. <laughs> Not Meryl Streep at that age. Oh, this yeah, this came out in 85. Okay, so the box office, they've made 30 million and their budget was 3 million. So that's like decent for the 80s, I think, right? I don't know. Inflation, right? I wasn't born yet. So if any like old bitches that are listening, like please comment down in iTunes. So <laughs> <laughs> I think it was, I like actually love those. Like I'm so obsessed with Wikipedia, but like, like the Wikipedia page, that's like, top 100 they do like a whole list of it and they adjust it for inflation and everything so they know exactly what movies. oh wow yeah uh, yeah okay so this movie was directed by jack shoulder what a name and we also have jesse walsh who plays no wait no that's his that's the character <laughs> hi i'm a professional podcaster we have mark Patton playing jesse walsh who is the main character and fun fact mark was closeted at the time of this movie so when everyone when it came out and everyone was like this shit is gay everything's gay he was like um this is very disconcerting to me because i am closeted and he has a whole freaking documentary about this explaining like his story too so that's interesting oh my god absolutely i'm gonna watch that like after this and then we also have kim myers who plays lisa weber we have Robert Rustler playing Ron Grady, which Grady was the trade of this movie. Not even trade. Absolutely. Word, I literally like in my thing, I was like, I just said, well, first of all, I thought his name was Grady. But yes, it is Grady. Grady is hotter, but I'd fuck either one of them. But their friendship is like bullying, but they're still friends at the same time. I mean, this movie just is like cringe for like how they just were like, this is the 18 different types of high schoolers you can be. And this is the only like... It's so like 80s, like just like you know what I mean? Like it just like is so boring in terms of what the dynamics were. 80s movies in general and some 90s ones and a lot of 70 ones are like there's no dialogue between characters. It's just you have a stereotype of a jock and big boob bimbo, <laughs> and that is it. And like racial ones. Yeah, but anyway, we'll get into that. So oh, we we have Robert England playing Freddy Krueger, which he plays Freddy in almost all of the movies, except for, I believe it was uh, A New Nightmare and then the newest remake from 2010. Really, that's like the important characters, I feel. I mean, they have his parents. His dad was played by Clue Golesker. Yes. And Hope Lang. Why does that sound familiar? Why does Hope Lang sound really familiar? She looks like a, she looks like a starlet. She's like a starlet on the rise. Oh, she went to Reed College, which is in Oregon, which is in Portland, Oregon. Oh, and then we have uh, Coach Schneider was played by Marshall Bell. He's he's the gay one in this movie. Confirmed gay, homosexual. I'm I'm literally watching. Yeah, I'm watching the part where he's getting dragged into 
the showers for the BDSM theater. Oh gosh. Oh yeah, for those who don't know, uh, Katya is also watching the movie again, just in the background. This coach Schneider, he's still getting gigs. I see a 2019 stuff. He was in Starship Troopers. Get get your gigs. I love people who are in horror movies and they continue to just be in like spinoff bad horror movies too. I live for a working hustler. Like literally when we were talking about it earlier, it's like being in entertainment is hustling. That's what I love. I love, right now, whenever I'm in like in a depressive episode, I watch lots of Law and Order SVU. Those, because also sometimes those people will be in those things and then they'll make it big. Like, you know, so you got to do the, you got to keep doing the shitty gig mm-hmm. until you get the good. I mean, I even know someone named Brianna Banana from Chicago. And they are, they have been on so many, they were on, um, I don't know. Brianna Bernada. Yeah, they, they're that. on so many I'm, uh, I'm gonna, shows. I'm going to book, I'm going to book that queen just based on that name. Oh, they were in that, that judge show with Maureen San Diego. They also were on that, uh, that it's like Smart Samurai or whatever show. I don't, I don't even fucking know. But I was like, get your gigs. If you need to get your gigs, get your gigs. Do you want to give us a quick like synopsis of this movie? Like a non-spoiler synopsis? Sure. Synopsis. Um, and this is definitely, yeah, this is definitely like the lay person who like, because I barely, again, only a week of like pretending to be a freak person knows what horror movie. But so like the premise is that Freddie's been haunting this town and like this particular address and that like in the movie before. Okay, so with the first movie, basically Freddie murdered all of Nancy's friends and his and her mom and Nancy basically overcame him. So a new family yeah. five years later moves into this house unaware yeah. of all the murders, except for the dad. The dad, well, dad the dad, the dad. I mean, there's so much shitty toxic masculinity in this movie. It's like unbounded. But yes, the dad is like, so what? Yeah, we got a deal. Uh, and I hate you, son. <laughs> yeah, no, his, his, his dad isn't that cute, which I always sort of take into consideration whether I like the character or not. And then, so yeah, then, and then basically Kruger was banished by her overcoming him and like mm-hmm. not being afraid of him. But now there's like a new fear slinking back in and yeah, it's hello homoerotic the whole time. <laughs> like it literally could not have been like any, like I was like, what is, is this even subtext at this point? Is this just, it's just a campy gay film yeah. that just no one, no one, did no one know it was has there been like research into like the director well well apparently um one of my guests mercy said that like the director was like yeah we knew this movie would be gay and like what about it bitch we have a we have a man who's into bdsm gear getting dragged into a shower whipped with towels and then he dies that's the tea okay (laughs) and actually like honestly like that bar that they showed it's like i've been to that bar like not literally but like that it was a really good depiction of what a queer space looks like. Yes. Space. Like, so freaky, so different, so many different types of people. Indoor smoking. Uh, indoor smoking, foggy. I was like, if that wasn't, have you been to the stud in San Francisco? No. Or like an eagle? But the, like, we what? have one like that here. And I, I I was there yesterday. It's very much like that. Yeah. CD. I love it. So this movie just starts off with a, a scene of Jesse. He's in this bus and... They're going down the street and the bus starts to pick up and there's all, everyone's off the bus except for him and two other girls, which I thought we were going to see those other girls in this movie, but we didn't. And it turns out Freddie's driving the bus and they drive out to the middle of nowhere in a desert and then he's about to get him, but then Jesse wakes up and screams. He's like known as one of the first like horror scream kings, like he, like as a male. Well, yeah. really, it, on his Wikipedia, it says they actually called him one of the scream queens. Like, yeah. 
you know, because he's gay. Limprist, one of the only like male scream queens, which I think is kind of cool. He screams screams in this movie. Yeah, I'm not my, not, I'm actually not a fan of that, but I, I can appreciate it that it is a good scream. It is a good scream. I mean, it's like random. Like he's screaming bloody murder when he wakes up from his nightmare. Which is like every time, which I was like, okay, we get it. Yeah, you got vocals, Mariah. Glass shattering. Uh, So yeah, he's new into this neighborhood, but not new enough to where the whole house is unpacked except for his room. And he's made friends with Lisa from across the street because he takes her to school. Which Which is weird. It's weird because... Like I can get they just that. Met. Yeah, they just met. And also I'm like, are they like friends? Are they not friends? Is he new? Why is he already like in fights with people? Like he's friends with them in school. The campiness of this movie cannot be overstated. Oh my Again, God. Because like, it's yeah. literally just so campy. Like literally nothing. Like once you, I honestly like the thing for me and like, this is just for someone, if you're not into horror yet, I think like try it out. Cause like, I'm understanding like when it has camp value, I'm like, I don't mind being as much because I think it's so funny mm-hmm. like the dynamics are so hilarious yeah because they have no base in, they're like not reality based at all it's not like character driven it's not yeah there's no it's just there's it's no just substance funny. it's just we're here to have a good time you should watch yeah, a couple of the, the sequels I think you'll like them just for that reason oh well I did I watched we watched the I have seen because I had seen the original when I was a kid mm-hmm. I've seen that one then I saw this one and then we watched the verses the- oh, with Kelly Rowan, where she with calls. Kelly Rowan! She Period. she, she Period. improvised that line. She called Freddie a faggot, and that was improvised. And they were like, "Do you want to say that?" And she was like, "Yes, please yeah. get that in." Period. That's gay rights. Anyway. Jason is an ally. Jason slapped the shit out of her and was like, "This faggot is my friend." But this this movie, I, one thing I do like. So they already get to school and they're playing sports because. Of course, you're going to be playing baseball in the same field that people are also doing archery because 80s. And 80s, yeah. Jesse gets in a fight with Gord, uh, what's his name? Not Gordo. That's from Lizzie McGuire. (laughs) McGuire, yeah. Which is related to gay rights because she's like, what would you be okay if I said like that so girl wearing a top with a skirt? We stand Lizzie McGuire. Barack Obama was like, he saw that and he's like, yeah. And then that's why gay rights Yeah, happened. that's why gay rights happened. It's all because Hillary Duff. She threw the first brick. Yes. Yeah. 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 Not she I love Grady. The, she was the brick. Okay. So Grady and Jesse, they get in a fight and you see man butt because Jesse's wearing a jock strap. So I was like, this movie is already gay. We, we've won. And he like adjusts his dick like right away. He's like, here's my big dick. I was like, oh, I try not to white, see. I live for the white briefs. I live for a white briefs moment, even for myself. I just been like, all right. They're, these have one or two uses, period. But then. Yeah. <laughs> and then it's done for. This is when we hear the coach say, assume the position. And I was like, not this. And he make the coach makes both of them do push-ups until whatever. And this is when we hear Grady say that Coach Schneider or whatever his name is, like hangs out around queer S&M joints it. And I was like, you know what? And they're probably fun, Grady. Maybe you should go. Yeah, I mean, at this point in my life, I'm kind of homophobic. So I like, <laughs> I just sensitized to old, real homophobia. But I mean, it is, if you've ever seen, you see the documentary Disclosure, which was about like kind of like early queer representation up until now, which is basically like we got, we lost a lot of re- representation it's like you lose a lot of respect mm-hmm. so it's like it was often either get represented or get respected it wasn't like both mm-hmm. so people just like i am grateful for the even those bad 
few things like make good friends and you know we are where we are now because of it yes <laughs> he was early bdsm representation yes he honestly because most of the representation we do have in horror movies are usually as horror characters, which, you know, probably does not help, but it's representation. So there's a whole discussion there, especially with trans characters in horror movie too. I mean, I would consider myself non-binary, but I am not a trans woman, so I can't, you know. I mean, trans is a, yeah, trans is an umbrella, and I would encourage most people to think of non-binary as on the spectrum of trans. But transsexual is, yes, of course, very of the brunt of it. But I would say, like, it's okay to address those paradigms because again, I think this is what I was saying kind of earlier. Like we we have we have culturally adjusted from what we used to, you know, people used to be like, oh my God, two men kissing on television, I'm gonna throw up. The disgust factor was there. And now we've moved to society is now like people consider like, I mean, it's PG, you know, it's, it's no longer rated R for gay people to be kissing or holding hands. It's, it's there's television shows with gay characters that, and it's meant for children. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so early. Gay rights. Thanks, 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 Grady, for being a homophobe, and thank you to <laughs> Coach Whatever for being a huge slut. I think Grady was into it, though. I think he was a homosexual. Himself. We we often we often criticize things that we're curious about. I feel like <laughs> when people talk about kinks, I'm like, okay, girl. He went at home. Jesse has more nightmares at night. His like furniture is melting, which I wonder how they even shot that because it was crazy. His house is like really hot. Like he is sweating up, like waking up, like sweating. I, I literally put like every scene is sweaty, so much sweaty sleeping. Like him, her, everyone who's asleep is just like, uh, uh, like panting, dying. Is wet. Humidified. And he's wearing his little white undies too. So he goes downstairs, he sees Freddie in his basement, like kind of in the furnace room. And Freddie's like, I want you to kill or He says something like that. And then Jesse screams and he's awake and then it's the next day. So it's unlike the first movie where Freddie haunts him directly. He's slowly integrating himself into Jesse's body to become Jesse, but also be Freddie at the same time. It's a little confusing. I'm not going to lie because it seems like telekinesis plays an effect here because when things don't do go down and people start dying, it's like you don't see anything. It's just like a ghost is doing everything, but everyone's awake. And usually Freddy's whole thing is like he fucks you up when you're asleep. So it's a little confusioning. But he's taking over someone's body who can be in the present, right? Isn't that like uh, spooky? I'm such a late person. So I just know because like he would wake up and be like, this ha- really happened and it was also in his dream. I don't know. Well, see, the thing is like this, it feels like this movie just doesn't make sense with the other movies. And I think that's why another reason why people try to like, forget about it i mean it's objectively bad i mean i think that that's just like there's just like parts of it that you're like this literally makes no sense like you're like what and then there's other parts of it the acting is so like i look the one they're getting when they're literally getting like murdered at the party like i will say and i don't want to i don't want to spill the beans too far yet but like the greatest line of this whole movie is after all this that one girl's like great party lisa oh yeah in the bus i wrote that down i was like yeah killer party i'm gonna like yeah i'm gonna literally like use that for one of my for one of my parties that was so funny to me they they get back to school and of course there's a a a teacher they're talking they're in like anatomy of course they're talking about the colon i was like colon butt sex gay more gay lisa's at the pool and once oh my god i totally forgot about this she wants jesse to come over so but jesse has to clean his room so what do we get 
we get a montage of Jesse dancing and cleaning his room. I forgot what song it was to, but I was like, this is like, this is the moment. He's shaking his ass. You get a close up of like him bumping his ass into the drawer to close it. It's very 80s. And to make it more cringe, Lisa walks in with Jesse's mom and he's just like thrusting with like a little thing in his crotch too. Like That was like a little bit of me, like women supporting gay men. Like, you know what I mean? She's that was like, his I beard. Care. I don't care that you're a fag. Totally. So literally that was another thing that I was like, this movie is so like the gay straight, like she loved him. He couldn't love her the right way back. Cause girl, that's not what he was into. Yeah. But she still loved him and he still loved her. Like if you've seen a single man, that's like another very sad movie about like women in early gay dynamics. Like they loved these men and they were like sad that they couldn't be loved back. I mean, I like men and I'm just sad that I do. Period. <laughs> men are trash. So real quick, Katya and myself are going to take an ad break. And when we come back, we're gonna, we gonna, we're, we are going to talk more about gay horror. Hey guys, if you're listening this far into the podcast, I need you to go to iTunes or anywhere that you can review your podcast. And I would love it if you left a rating and a review on this podcast. It would mean a lot, preferably five stars and a good rating. And just leave a comment there. A positive one. Don't call me an idiot or anything like that. That would be kind of mean. And if you hear that, that's Sunny in the background. She's here for this I... ad break. You're going to hear her on every episode that there's going to be an ad break now. So. Oh, that's going to be amazing. Oh, uh-huh. can I do one in Spanish? Sure. Bienvenido. Estás escuchando al podcast de Data Card. Stay on the line. Si estás escuchando, lo puedes encontrar en iTunes, Google Podcasts y donde quieras que puedes escuchar el audio de Stay on the Line. Por favor, deja cinco estrellas si puedes de todo este comentario que vamos a hacer. Gracias por todo y tengan buena noche. Yeah, what she said. <laughs> Thank you so much for listening. Thank you. Gracias. Or how Americans say, Dana da. Thanks, Dana da. <laughs> Welcome back to Queer Horror with Tara Card. Wait, no, it's what's the name of it? It's The Situation. <laughs> no, it's not like The Situation. It's Stay on the Line. Stay on the Line. Welcome back to that. No, <laughs> I'm keeping that in. Welcome back to Stay on the Line. The podcast of which I have always known the name of. Yeah, you, yeah, a huge fan. I was literally like, I was, I'm watching Law and Order, like I said, I was like, what, like a really great line would be like, Your Honor, I'm not guilty by reason of mental insanity caused by men. Lisa comes in, they start cleaning up. And a funny thing I do like is she's like, Where does this go? And it's like jock itch or something. I was like, Okay, work. And she finds Nancy's diary. So apparently, never read another woman's diary. That's so fucked up. I have a journal, and if someone read that, that was not me, I would be very embarrassed. <laughs> they better be a publisher. Yeah, they better be someone who's putting my manuscripts in order. Make a movie know. out of it. No, don't make a movie out of it. It's depressing. They had that talk about, like, Nancy's whole process of being uh, tormented by Freddie, which sounds very similar to Jesse's dreams. So he's like, okay, that's weird. And then the next morning, they go to school, and Jesse or Lisa kisses Jesse. So I was like, wait aren't they just like isn't he supposed to be the nerdy weird one i mean i think he just isn't as hot as they thought and because i think he was supposed to be popular 
from what I from what it seemed like Brady and like like yeah. he was or, or maybe it could be one of those things where it's like you know when Hillary Duff plays like the ugly characters maybe like they just weirdly in the middle I didn't get yeah. I didn't he was I didn't get one. Actually, I didn't get one certain anything from him, ex- except maybe Jock, just because of yeah. all the, the scenes. But also, he seemed kind of like methodicy, like he got like gone, gay, obviously. So there's a, there's a few paradigms that he maybe he's just gay. Himself. That's why we think he's weird. I'm well, definitely... even in his dreams, he was like being bullied, like in his dreams by the other girls. So I was like, I don't know. Yeah. Oh my god, he just. I just, I'm at the part of the movie where he's like in Brady's room, which <sighs> is the most sexual part of the whole movie. Yeah. Oh my god, we're watching it together. <laughs> So much inception, so much inception. This is when they mentioned the party when they're at school. And then I wrote down, Grady is cute. And they should talk to coach and while they're in the locker room. And then the coach is like right there. And I was like, I've definitely been there. It's cringy. I've been there in a moment like where someone is like shit talking someone and you're shaking your head like, please stop shit talking because that person's right behind you and they keep going. I mean, I have been that person. Like actually, I just, when I did a <laughs> podcast recently, we were like talking about most embarrassing moments and I was like, I literally one time like just read the person the film. Would I have gone as ham if they'd been like, I was a lot of things I'd be like, I'd say to their face, but would I have said them in that way if I'd known they were around the corner? Probably not. It was so embarrassing. <laughs> Period. Oh gosh. Later this night, they're in Jesse's house and the family's complaining that it's hot. And then their birds just go crazy. So they have two birds and one of them kills the other one. And the other one gets out of the cage and is flying around, attacking everybody. And then it just bursts and explodes into flames. The dad's natural reaction is to blame the son. I don't know how you can make a bird explode, but he did. And he said it was like firecrackers or something. Yeah, I'm just not a big fan of the dad. I think, and also like very much in horror movies, I'm very not like, I just like think the decision making skills of people are like, it's just that it makes it unfun for me. I'm like, this just doesn't make sense. Like, what? Like, yeah. What was the You should be alarmed. You should be alarmed. You should be alarmed. Yeah. birds are exploding around at your house dreams sweaty nightmares i'm actually like texting my my first boyfriend of like my like in high school and he looked i was texting because i'm like you look just like this person this movie that i was assigned to watch and she's like yeah anyway. <laughs> assigned you have homework i mean i'm glad this is queer history later that night jesse has a bad nightmare so he just walks in the rain and goes to a gay bar this is when we get that that raunchy quote-unquote bar and he's like let me get a beer but before he can even drink it the coach is there and instead of the coach being like hey don't drink that he takes him back to school and makes him run laps while he's still in his like bds and leather yes yes never not no, yeah. not. And then we're kind of like catching up to where you were at in the, when we started. So Jesse is taking a shower because that's what you got to do after running laps at midnight. The coach gets attacked by every sort of gym equipment and just flying at him and then gets wrapped around in jump ropes and is dragged. Like we, you don't see anything dragging him. It's just like, is invisible. He's getting dragged. Well, the, and... ro- the ropes are like pulling him. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, yeah he's like, but you don't see the force. Uh, no, it's just, the, it's just the power of sexual tension. Yeah. My favorite thing about, so when everything's flying out and like attacking him, he's not screaming or anything. He's just calm. He's like another day. I mean, that part was like, so just like sex. Like that was just like sex period. Like there was, no innuendo to me because like literally they're slapping his ass he was tied up i'm like what is this what is that one thing that everyone watches king dungeon castle dungeon dungeon castle i think you know what i'm talking, talking about, about. <laughs> it's like the it's like the main gay kink site that's like very like that so i was like this is that and i'm like okay 
period. I love yeah. that. I, again, this is all like new. This, I literally just watched the game for the first time like this last week. So it's like, oh, wow. Okay. Yeah, absolutely. I see. <laughs> again, I was like, so how, when does the, I thought like, the, where I was like, again, where were the undertones? It was yeah. all overtones. Yeah, <laughs> overtones for sure. Jesse is also in the shower room because it's like an open shower room. He's just watching the coach like get attacked and then eventually sliced because Jesse, like you see him and then he turns into Freddie and then Freddie kills the coach with a, a couple swipes to the back. Well, yeah. And I would also say another iconic part of this film is that when he says, you'll be the body, I've got the brains. Cause literally I've actually like that someone, one of my, my best friend, who's one of my like business partners, she got an email from this person that we don't like really think is that cool, but like has money and wants to like throw parties, I guess. And he's like, I'll bring the money. You bring the personality. Like it gave me that energy very much. Like, <laughs> like Freddie's like, I have the personality and you have the money. So like, well, I'm going to take over. I'm literally that friend. Well, in, in gay culture, you can be cute, buffer, rude, two out of three. So I got three strikes. After the coach dies, they get a knock on Jesse's parents' door and it's Jesse just butt-ass naked. The cops bring him. They're like, we found him wandering around. And the dad's like, is it drugs? Tell me where you got him from. I was like, are you curious, sir? I don't think you're really concerned. And then the the next morning, Jesse is going to school. His mom is clearly worried and she's probably an ally. We stand. She's very caring. She cares about Jesse. The dad, though, the dad is also there. He doesn't give a fuck. Yeah, because he literally, it gave me very that 70s show. He's like, he's like, he needs a swift kick in the ass. Yeah. Like you're like Red Foreman. He's like, he's like, I'm going to put my foot up your ass. Like that's literally like the funniest thing. Like it just, well, like it's just like, Again, very stereotypical of what like 80s parents were. Yeah. They were just like, they were like, I, when I was a kid, I was uh, not a kid. Like, I don't know. People are, old people are scary to me. Yeah. Well, yeah. <laughs> Even like older gay men, I'm like, y'all are, are y'all going to beat me up? Like, I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Cause the mom's like, let's go to therapy. And the dad's like, no, we're good. Jesse's also having this weird like moments where like at night he hears something rattling in his drawer and it's actually... The, it's Freddie's glove. So for those who don't know, Freddie has an iconic glove that has like four <laughs> knives on it. I mean, everyone, even if you haven't seen the well, movie, you probably know. And, I would, and a really funny movie like part was like when the girl has a little like finger runs. I love my witch finger that in my show. I take them out all the time whenever I need to make like a point. Like I love the little rubber Freddie <gasps> oh, Krueger one. That was in this movie, yeah. Um, the the girl takes out of the cereal. She has the finger press on nails, which um, I live. I want those. They that remind me of those those chips. They're like uh, beagle chips or whatever they're called. I call them press on nail chips. Bugles. 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 Press on nail chips. You put them on yeah. and then you eat them. <laughs> and then, yeah, if you were a little kid and you were gay and you ate your bugles like that for 100%. Yeah, you're a homosexual now or on the queer spectrum for sure. Oh, they also find out the coach died when they get to school and Grady's like, he, Grady? Or not Grady, um, Jesse's like, I killed him and tells Lisa that. And Lisa's just like, like, aw. Lisa stands by her man way too much. But again. It's a little concerning. Y'all, if someone, if you were dating somebody, you don't need to fix them, okay? Date someone you don't need to fix. Fixing them, it's just going to go bad. I've been there. I've only been in one relationship and I had to go to therapy because of it. Here she goes, jaded, jaded tarot card. But I would say like, I did not, was not a fan. Again, it's just like, it's just like any 80s movie, their relationship was toxic. 
and yeah. like had no no business existing after when jesse interrogates the dad about the fam like this house and basically exposes him they're like everything is fine nothing's wrong and then the toaster like explodes but then the toaster actually wasn't plugged in i actually like that that was like a cool little detail and then lisa just thinks <laughs> that he's psychic lisa thinks that jesse is psychic takes him to like freddie's old workplace to be like do you sense anything Lisa, maybe don't hang around someone that said, I murdered somebody. When it's love, it's love. They've known each other for a week. <laughs> very Romeo, very Juliet. So it's back to their house. They they do Freddy backstory. There's like a camera going from the basement to Jesse's sister's room. And you hear Freddy talking, but it turns out to be Jesse. So we're all, the audience is like, well, is Jesse Freddy? Is Freddy Jesse? Who knows? It's the next morning. They're at school. It, a lot of these cutscenes are very like blunt. It's like one day it's nighttime and something important's happening. And then they're just sitting at lunch in the next scene in like two seconds. And I just wrote down Grady eats with Jesse in a smiley face because I thought in my fantasy, they was fucking or at least slapping dicks. Okay. Yeah. I mean, I think that was again overtone. And then right underneath that, I said, don't date men you think you can fix. Yeah. I, for my, for what I wrote down about the relationship, I said, she's getting, she's way too in this guy that she just met. He's not even that hot. And I wrote, he's no good for you, girl. <laughs> Their relationship is so strange because she's like really into him, but he clearly is not into it. And now it's the party. Lisa's party has started. The dad and the mom go to bed and they actually start having a good time. This is a really gross scene. So Jesse is thinking about leaving and they're in like, is it like a changing room outside? I don't know how rich people live their life. It's like outside at the pool, there's like a changing room. Yeah, I would say like there's usually like a pool house where you can like keep like drinks and things that you need like equipment for the pool the cabana boy so they're in there and they have a little like sexy time on the floor while he's like basically motorboating her this really long gray i can see the pool parties happening right now in the <laughs> in the background like the, the tongue came out the tongue yeah the tongue came out and it was like gray and like a foot long i me thinking about it right now makes me kind of nauseous no definitely i would say that there's not a lot of like the sexiness is not between the men and the women in this movie the horror being straight yeah oh god thank god that doesn't affect jesse that freaks him out and he leaves and he goes to grody's house (laughs) so jesse's over there and he's basically confessing to killing the coach grody's like yeah he's like you you got a girl in over there wanting to sleep with you and you want to sleep with me and i was like yeah i would like to see it yeah drop the link where's the only fans yeah, I, I want to see Hole, but we don't see that. We we see a different Hole because in the process of Grady not really watching Jesse, uh, Jesse starts to feel really bad and his fingernails, like a, like nails, nails, like a knife nails are coming out and his arm is like basically exploding like piece right. by piece. I didn't, like, I didn't watch it. I didn't watch I was like this. Whole, I was like, yeah. The transformation is gnarly. That's what I wrote down because Jesse's body is falling apart. And at one point he opens his mouth and you just see Freddie's eyeball in there. Of course, like a normal person, Grody is freaking the fuck out. Or Grady. Oh my God. I don't even know his name. Grady is freaking the fuck out. Trying to get out of there, but he can't leave. Yeah, literally I put, no one's even trying to turn the door handle. Like neither the dad nor Grady were like even, like they were just like floundering. It's a a door. Like Like, doors are so easy to break. Like that, and like not, no attempt to even break the door. No attempt to use the door with this handle or without. And unfortunately, Grady paid the ultimate price for that. Yeah, he gets 
Um, that little lack of door knowledge. Yeah, Fred, Freddy comes out of Jesse's chest, like literally like a pimple just burst out oh, of yes. him. And he stabs Grady with his finger claws and just rings it down. And I was like, oh, RIP. Or yeah. not gay, but gay icon Grady. And I would say like, this is like another, this is like another where people say like, this is where like the gay is coming out of him. Mm-hmm. You know, it was like another <sighs> depiction of like queer though. He's coming out, literally. Yeah. But as a mass murderer, it it He's turns been- back to, to Jesse too. Like Freddie just turns back to Jesse. So Jesse freaks out. He goes to Lisa's house, all bloodied. I, I see you watching the murders happening. So we're, we're actually catching up to that part. So he comes to Lisa all bloody and like, I killed Grady. I killed Coach too. And I was like, oh my God, Lisa, this is a red flag. You need to get out of here. And she's like, no, you can fight him. But that doesn't work out because Freddie comes out and attacks her. Uh, again, I think it just is like, more of the same like in terms of her like her dynamic of like being like hey i can fix this person and like he can like it, me loving him hard enough well, i don't know yeah it's sort of like, like again the whole time i'm still not convinced this isn't meryl streep and so yeah. i was like i was refusing to like this must be the she should be getting gigs as a meryl streep look-alike at this point um, she does kind of look like her now that you say that it's the nose and the cheekbones I think it's everything even like the eloquation of like how she talks is like a little bit like like very male street and I would say I think also too like I don't know if this we are this what I'm also reflecting on but I the gay between Grady and him is like that is like porn 101 from the 80s like I wonder like what came first like did they have that and then people started like making porns that were like short shorts like hey bro can you just like hold me while i cry oh i don't know yeah oh that's one thing i didn't bring up like like most 80s things the men are wearing short shorts and tank tops and it's great yeah no and the hair yeah everything and everything does it for me yes again i do not think that jesse is cute would still totally bone Hey, nothing matters from behind, okay? He's not ugly. And he's, yeah, he's cute. He's not my yeah. type. I, I would say Grady was was hot. But like I said, you don't even really t- meet any other men in this movie besides the coach, so. And then this is when uh, Freddie goes crazy at the party, which is what's on your screen right now. He is killing all these kids, fucking slicing them up, uh, burning them, like fire. Ter- yeah, but they're doing a terrible job running away again. They're yeah. just like, Whoa! Like over this like very <laughs> tiny like fence, they could just like crawl over. Oh no, it's zapping them, right? Isn't it? Like the fence is like yeah, zapping them and they can't leave. Zap- yeah, I guess they can't leave. It's, 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 it seems like you could have like avoid the situation. Again, the camp value very high. Is this a directory out of what to do when faced with a terrifying situation? Hopefully not. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, but he gets a couple kills in. W- one guy tries to talk Freddie down, which I would not have the the balls as this kid did because it doesn't end up in his favor. He gets like thrown on a grill or something. It's not. Well, he's I, like yeah. the Ky- he's the Kylie Jenner of this movie. Offer him a Pepsi. <laughs> the Pepsi <laughs> that doesn't end up well. Uh, uh, well, wheel. Um, the dad does show up with a shotgun, and Lisa prevents the dad from shooting him. And then Freddie just walks out, like, and turns into fire yeah. and leaves. And I would say, like, this is a different dad too. This is now Lisa's dad. Yeah, this is that Lisa's is- dad. You know, a dad that actually cares about his kid. Wow, someone had to say it. 
Yeah, not my dad. Lisa has driven to the warehouse boiler facility that Freddie used to work where we saw in the beginning. Weird observation. There's just two Rottweilers outside with baby faces. An aesthetic choice. I get it. Weird. Doesn't make sense with anything else in this movie. And I forgot to mention that Freddie bit her earlier and this was a gross scene. Look at her leg. Yeah, and there's I, like maggots. I just watched that. That's what I was like, nar. Nar, nar. It's a nar for me. Uh, yeah, there's like just maggots and worms coming out. It's gross. But she does find Freddie and with the power of love, she gets Jesse out. It works. <laughs> Literally, I think I put, yeah, the part where I'm like, she's way too in this guy. He's not even that hot. And he can't even, like, fucking, like, deal with his shit. Yeah. And then, like, and then but all of a sudden, they're on the bus. And it's a, it's a fake paradise, but it's a, they're all just like, yeah, great party, Lisa. <laughs> so, yeah, it, apparently a kiss can do, can fix everything. Because she kisses him, and they're fine. He melts off freddy it's the next day like you said a great great party lisa (laughs) and then the girl gets like an arm through her chest and then it's supposed to be a scary moment that character also too was in this movie and she was a nothing character too yeah r.i.p to that bimbo i don't i don't i didn't know her name i'm gonna say barbara her name was barbara but that was the movie how did you feel about nightmare on elm street 2 (laughs) must watch i would say 10 out of 10 for camp 10 out of 10 for homoeroticism. 10 out of 10 for cultural significance. Because like we said, there's so many different things that we're like, oh, that's cringy now. But I think like that's part of things that have significant cultural values that they were segments of that culture of the time of what we deemed acceptable to put Mm -hmm. on in movies and and to depict. And now we don't, which is cool. So yeah, um, 0 out of 10 for (laughs) for actual gay sex though. There's no gay. I wish it was more gay. We like, see I more, they, we see butts though. There has to be, oh my God, after this, so I have so many things to watch now. I need to watch, I need to find the porn version of this. It exists, it has to. I need it on an eight millimeter though, like something. <laughs> we need okay. that vintage look. I think it's a pretty good, decent movie for what it is, especially for a sequel. I know it's not a well-regarded sequel. Typically people like to write off two and just go to three, like one and three, because Nancy's in both of those movies, spoiler alert. But I still like it. I mean, I had a good time watching it and it was very camp and I like camp. It's just like, when you once you put that lens on a lot of these movies, I think like, yeah. I'm much more open to it. Like, I don't want to be scared, but I'm down to laugh. (laughs) (laughs) And I always ask this, but I guess, like, I mean, it doesn't really concern much to it. But Katya, how do you think you would have survived this movie? Dumped his cheating app. Like, I would be like, no, like, you're gay. No. So, I mean, I I would have been Kelly Rowland. I would have been the Kelly uh, faggot. Faggot. I would have been... I hate you faggots you're so annoying I just don't see myself as putting up with it but I'd still die because I'm a person of color and uh, you know that's that's part of the queer hey there uh, were there were people of color at that party and they didn't die they just watched him fuck them up which was surprising because there was like no other people of color in this movie there was was no because yeah there was no make I Yes, there was no peer, there was no people of color that I would say of significance in this movie besides yeah background characters. Yeah, Eight, 1985 again or seven? Yeah, 1985. No, yeah. no people of color existed yet. Yeah, oh. stop. <laughs> Not that I was aware. Of. I believe it's in the fourth one or fifth one. It's a character named Sheila, and she doesn't even have that many lines, but she is like one 
of the first like black females in of nightmare movie and i don't know i just really like her even though she doesn't yeah she's not really developed a lot so yeah. where can we find you katya too many places i am on the internet mostly but i live in portland oregon so if you're looking for a fitness instructor or life coach that's like my day job and then i also run events and we are just starting to get back up. We're gonna have a few pop-up events in June um, if all things go as vaccinated and as planned. And yeah, we're really pivoted into the media thing. So I'm doing fun things like this, which I, I'm so grateful to be invited. And again, it was just a great opportunity to learn. So I do things like this and podcasts and I have all my own shenanigans as aforementioned. And that's all at Clip Clop Katia Productions and Clip Clop Katia, sorry, Clip Clop Productions and Clip Clop Katia. And I'm Tara Card. That's T-E-R-R-A-H-C-A-R-D. You can find me under most platforms under that name. And you can find this podcast under Stay on the Line Podcast on Instagram and Stay on the Line TC on Twitter, even though that's kind of my personal account now since I got my account taken down. Um, but that was this <laughs> podcast. Thank you so much for listening. So until next time, make sure you stay on the line. Bye. Bye.